The schedule has been released, and you know what that means. It's time for the schedule release videos. Zadarius Smith got traded over the weekend. I've got some more purebred Ravens hate, and the Borg are out to assimilate new people. Check it out right here. You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. Welcome to What the Elf Was That. This is our weekly... Hold on. Messing us all up. Here we go. Technical difficulties, everybody. This is our weekly rant about the Cleveland Browns and all things that go on in the NFL. Today, if you haven't noticed, if you're watching, you've noticed. If you're, you're listening, you haven't. I've got with me today the man, the myth, the legend, John Suchan. Say hi, John. Hello. How is everybody? You guys may recognize that voice from the <laughs> Johnny Cleveland podcast. So, And he's got a nice elf on his hat today. Yeah, so. There you go. He's yep, all yep. in the mode for what the elf was that? I'm trying to wear my brightest green shirt that every, everybody can see me. Oh, wait, you know, maybe maybe not. <laughs> might be listening to us. Well, we got a lot going on since the last time what the elf was that was going on. We've had the schedule release, and I know everybody's talked about the schedule and everybody's discussed the schedule. And you can find some excellent podcasting from me and John and Elliot. You guys know Elliot if you listen to Football Philosophy and Rocket Science discussing the schedule ad nauseum, so I'm not going to bother you with that today. But the one thing we will talk about today, which to me is the most interesting part of the schedule release, are the schedule release videos. So, John, have you seen these? Yes, I have, and I I could watch them over and over again. Now, there are some good videos this year. There are some (laughs) not-so-good videos and there are some other videos. So yes. I've got three categories of videos. So, John, if you can just off the top of your head, guys, I didn't even prep him for this. So <laughs> we're going to do this right off the top of your head. What were the three? Oh, God. Worst. <laughs> worst? Worst schedule okay. release videos you had to watch. I'll start. Hold on. Hold on. I'll, I'll help you okay. out. All I'll right. start with my number three. Yeah. My number three was the L.A. Chargers anime video. Okay. Really? First of all, I don't like anime. But I know this has been done over and over and over in these schedule releases. Right. Do something new. You're in L.A. and all you can come up with is something like, but like do something L.A. Theme. I was thinking that has something to do with like with I'm I maybe I shouldn't go here like with their culture and the variety of folks there out there in crazy California that maybe the you know, anime is still like cool. So I actually thought it was kind of kind of cool. But, okay, but you when know, you think of L.A., do you think of anime? Is that what comes to your mind, is anime? No, I think of, what, 1999 or... <laughs> I mean, anime seems like it's way back in the in, in the distance. So, yeah, you're right. It's a little... Um, it struck me as a little bit odd. But then I started watching it, and I was like, uh, okay, you know, it kind of makes sense. And then you got saw some of these little fights going on and, and the characters. I, you know, I thought it was kind of clever, Better than a few others that I saw. So who is the audience with that? Like, do you know people who watch anime? Is it just me or do football fans watch anime? 
I no. Am I, I missing something in this situation? No, I, I think you're. That's a, that's a strong point. That's okay, a very strong point. Do you have one that you dislike that stuck out with you? Like I just. Well, um, I, yeah, I mean, I thought the whole, um, the whole, uh, which one was it? The Raiders. Yeah, it was the Raiders. The the uh, the uh, lock. Uh, there, they had to escape from the room. I thought that was a little corny. I thought we've already done the escape room in the past too. So that was I the New York was, Giants. Oh, that was the Giants. I, I got some yeah. stuff to say about this one later. Yeah, I I thought that was a little bit um, hokey dokey. Like, eh, what what what's that all about? I didn't like. You that. know the what? Since one... you brought it up, since you brought yeah. it up, I'm gonna skip ahead. The <laughs> secret category are the three stupidest videos I've seen. And the the stupidest video I watched was the New York Giants in the escape room. What does that have to do with anything? You're taking football players who went to college to play football. These are not people who went there because they are the brightest and best of the academic world right now. Okay, maybe some of them aren't. I want to push them all out there. But by and large, these are not like the Rhodes Scholars of people in college, and you're asking them to solve intellectual problems. Right, right, yeah. It, it just... How it could just this go wrong? Many ways. <laughs> and, uh, no, it just, it was ho- hokey and didn't like it. Did not like it. Um, the other one I didn't really like, well, I thought it was okay, but the Buffalo Bills. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, I, I didn't quite follow that, like Dreams... And trying to follow it just seemed a little bit discombobulated. Yeah, I'll agree with that. That's kind of okay. like the, what the elf was that? What the elf when was you're that? Watching, I like, love the title what of, was uh, that? of your podcast. I think it's the best title. Uh, I think it aptly fits. If you listen to this podcast, you know I'm asking some of these questions like, why are people, <laughs> what are people thinking? All right, so number two on my bottom three is the Washington Commanders. Okay. And the AI written schedule release. I, Every I, time... Yeah, I did not see that one. So it's fill me in. Okay, so you got like Tutty the the pig thing. I, I mean, every time I see that pig thing, I think of the Browns where they re- released that Seinfeld piece of like Kramer. Uh, I saw a pig man. Uh, you saw a pig it's man. a pig man. It's a pig man. I saw a pig man. Like, I can't get over it. I, every time I see him, I think, oh, my God, it's a pig man. What's the uh, pig man doing now? But they had him on a on a computer and like. AI, like he's chatting with some AI bot or something, and the yes. AI bot was telling him how to write a schedule release because the head coach, you know, who clearly knows a lot about analytics, that's a joke, by the way, because he has no clue about <laughs> analytics, who clearly has a clear what's going on with analytics, is like telling him to get a schedule release. Like that pig probably knows more about analytics than Ron Rivera. <laughs> that's I, true. Have you listened to, yeah, a recent, any, any recent, uh, coaches uh conference call he doesn't seem like he's always on top of his game i mean know? this was the guy after last year after the browns game they they said to him right you know you could you have could you have made the playoffs he's like we could have made the playoffs today right. like dude you're coaching the team and you have no idea you could have made the playoffs <laughs> i'm trying to think of a character that would resemble him ron rivera like, i mean you, know, you can just think of kramer i mean like right right what what <laughs> what do you mean i can make the playoffs i gotta go deal with this right now <laughs> oh, all right so my number one bottom three yeah is the indianapolis colts the and colts. eating 
through the schedule. They made a 10 minute video of people <laughs> eating two players eating food from the town that they were going to play. Okay. So, you know, when it comes to Texas, they have like this steak. Oh, we got to right. be eating. We're playing right. the Houston Texans. And, you know, they come out of this plate of nothing and they're all looking around like. There's not a lot to do in Indiana. This must be the bye week. <laughs> There's not a lot, a lot. I mean, Indianapolis, the Colts. I mean, have you been through Indiana? I mean, did I've, you go to school I've been there? there. I yeah. mean, I've, I've, I've been in Indiana. I mean, that's right. Yeah. You were I, over in Illinois. So, you know, a little bit about mm-hmm. Indiana. I, I went to school in Illinois. Yep. And I <laughs> was at Notre Dame for a while. So that Notre okay. Dame's Notre Dame's still a part of that Indiana. That's considered part of Chicago. Right. So yeah, you because kind of, mm-hmm. it you used to be, it. it used to be that Indiana parts of Indiana were on two different time zones, but they right. put an end to that. Um, they put an end to that, but I had a friend who was growing up and she would always like, when I went to college, I met this woman that I know and she grew up in the South Bend area and she was telling me that her house was on one time zone but the school she went to was on another time zone really so she had to get up at like an hour early that she lived in to be to school on time like that's this is the kind of stuff that goes on in Indiana that's just now the only good thing about Indiana this is basketball but it was the movie Hoosiers which I will stop on a dime if that Mm. movie comes on I would show that movie to all my former athletes that played basketball for, for my teams in the, in the past. It's one of those classics. It's been out there. Gene forever. Hackman. Oh, Gene you just got to stop and watch that, that scene at the end where he says, this is my team. I'm going to say this one time, <laughs> you know, I just, I just love that scene in the locker room. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Back to football. All right. So let's go back to the top three videos. The top three. Yeah. So, so what do you have? What was one of your favorite? Well, I, my third probably would have been that, uh, the charges anime one. Um, I, Come on and, now. No. And well, and I mean, the defend Browns defended. I mean, I thought it was when I, like I said earlier, watching it from the beginning, um, you're right. It's anime. It's like old, but then I started watching it and it was like, well, it, it took some effort. Somebody at their department. And I'm thinking about my, my son, I got a son who's in media production and he's, you know, wants to work for NFL teams. So I'm thinking what he would have done. And, and there was a lot of probably time and effort that went into something like that, other than opposite of somebody like Buffalo bills who <laughs> put together, yeah, that seemed like, uh, this is like discombobulated. Like, hey, we got eight extra hours. Let's yeah, some crap like, together. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Like, Oh shit. I forgot about this stuff. You know, uh, we I got an extra video. newspaper. Right. I mean, you think about it. None of these people used to do these this kind of thing. I mean, this is all new. Like, this is the new NFL. Like, oh, we got to create a a video to come out or do something that to capture the interest of fans for three seconds, and then you know everyone will forget about it. But my number two was um, the uh, Nashville one. Okay. Well, actually, that would be number one. Hold okay. on, I, I'm 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 spoiling it for you. That's okay. Two, Nashville's not two, on my list, so I'm spoiling two, it for you. Two, two would have been. <laughs> would have been uh the browns i thought the browns the 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 uh the elf was just i love that and that get nathan's zagura and the guys to kind of do their little um thing and they had character names for the different mm-hmm. uh people that come up like here comes sleeper seattle you know and uh stuff like that i thought Sleepless that was in seattle no more right 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 so <laughs> that was clever and so- uh yeah my number one was actually the Cleveland Browns pro wrestling. And it's because it's very Cleveland. You've got yes. the Miz out there doing the pro wrestling thing. You got Nathan Zagura, who's, you know, clearly interested in pro wrestling. You know, a lot of, I mean, 
football fans watch pro wrestling as a demographic, you know, it made sense. You have these Clevelanders, they're athletes, they're pro wrestlers. Let's do a pro wrestling. To me, that made sense. That that said Cleveland. All right, I'll give you my top three here. Number three, and you're going to hate me for this. The Pittsburgh Steelers, how to schedule a video, how to schedule a release video. That was classic. It was like the 1960s, 50s, like black and white. Hey, Johnny, this is what we're going to do. And hey, you know, why do we have schedules? What's changed since the 1920s until the 1990s or the 2020s? And it's content. Oh, there goes my dog. He's a big. Oh, that, Browns oh that's fan. yours. I don't. That, that's yours. my dog. That mine. He's a big Browns fan. He's out there barking. He well, hates the Steelers too. So yeah, <laughs> he, he hates the Steelers. Got to bark about that. Yeah. So yeah. So they got the whole 1950s. Teach Johnny how to make a release schedule, and they start making fun. Some some people like to like, you know, it was a. Uh, What's different? Well, the difference is content, and this is how you do this. Some teams will come out with the overdone and overdrawn-out anime video, hence the Chargers. Some teams will come out with the AI that's going to write their schedule release, and that's the freaking Commanders. And like, and they like they do this because it's popular, you know. So you know the Steelers, the old. Uh, To me, that said Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh's kind of this like old steel town, and yeah, but they're snarky too because they know they're kind of. Yeah. yeah, that's that's just them. I, I and like then it. I liked uh, the Green Bay Packers. They did this okay. one as seen on TV, the old time, like 1990s commercials where like, you know, the product comes out and you, what about this? And what about this? Oh, and yeah. Come buy this as you saw it on TV, you know, uh-huh. and, and having been to Green Bay a couple of times, you know, I, I think that's what kind of Green Bay is about. It's kind of little, little uh, town in the Midwest there. The yeah. Little, kind of in their ways and they do things and definitely I, I love Midwest. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. I love Wisconsin. I'll go to Wisconsin any day of the week. Just, just to sign me up. I you thought know. I might be able to my son. Actually, I think I might've told, told you this off air one time. Uh, Alec recently just, um, he almost got the job up there with the media production team. So that would have been pretty cool. That'd have been fun for next year. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. So on to our third category, which is yes. the stupidest three that you've watched. The, st- <laughs> the only thing that you thought was just utterly ridiculous. Like, why am um, I watching this? Well, I think I just got to go back to the one I already mentioned, which was um, the New York Giants. I just right? thought that that was mm-hmm. just boneheaded. I didn't get that. I felt like the escape room has been around for what? 15 years, 10 years. when it got real popular, I didn't you Do you do escape rooms still? Do you, do you and your I, wife? I mean, are- We've done escape rooms with the family and attempt to do like a family. Uh-huh. Let's work together. Yeah. Yeah. And usually how those end is like everybody ends up fighting and wishing we'd never done it to start with. But that's just my family. Apparently, oh, apparently other my... families get along. <laughs> well, this is another stupid. I'm sorry. This is on a completely. But we're talking about stupidity. I saw the most stupid commercial today. <laughs> just having to watch it just earlier before we came on air. The, the um, two boys are uh, two children upstairs are, are arguing. They're having a fight between each other and the mom's trying to decide what should I do? So she called, uh, she gets on Amazon and she buys a um, one of these um, bunk beds or, or beds that, that the kids can do all their individual stuff. And it's kind of um, spacey and stuff. Anyway, it was just so silly because then at the end of the commercial, she goes up and the boys who've been fighting and pushing each other are now, ex- you know, having fun and exploring uh, 
talking about different things with their new beds. And I'm like, what is this all about? Like, what are yeah. we? Amazon's going to solve your problems. <laughs> your kids <laughs> fight. Just buy yeah. them a new bed just and they'll get along guy. perfect. And I'm a school counselor by, by trade. So it's like, what the hell? <laughs> what the elf is that? Like, yeah. So the, the New York Giants escape room was my number one stupid video because, yes. like like I said before, what does this have to do with football? And you're asking football players who aren't known to be the most intelligent people on the planet. I mean, just listen to some people like quarterbacks from Baltimore talk, and you can understand they're not all there. And <laughs> you're asking them to do intelligent things. I, I yeah. th- This is not their wheelhouse. Uh, my number three was the Jacksonville Jaguars wrote a oh. whole – video on how the nfl is scripted it was really really dumb i mean it almost like like i'm one of these people that feels like maybe i should do a podcast on this one point as to why um i'm the one of these people who really feels like the nfl has really embraced the entertainment side and is willing to compromise the competition side for the entertainment value and i think there's a a way they do it there's a way it goes on i swear the Mm. refs are either paid off or Bought by teams. There was a report one time where the where Dan Snyder of the Washington yeah. Redskins at the time right. was actually paying officials, which right. to me made sense. And their response was, "Well, it didn't help us if we did," As, which isn't a denial. You're not exactly. denying you're paying these people off. So there's some fishy stuff going on. Oh, you I don't know how to describe it all. Well, yes, but to come out and just do this kind of mockery of. You know, the NFL scripted like pro wrestling, I think, is is another attempt to just kind of dismiss people who I think could could make a a legitimate claim. And and so if you make it into a joke, then everyone's just going to make fun of the people who think these stupid things. And it kind of sweeps it under the rug. And you only do that to stuff because you're afraid it's going to come out. Yes. Anyway, I'm starting to sound like a weirdo. So if it is really gonna... scripted, then I want to know when are the Browns going to win the Super Bowl? Because well, I'm, I'm, just... I, 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 I'm, I'm, so I'm not for... a, I'm not a fan of saying it's scripted. I'm just saying there might be a purposeful, terrible call at an opportune time to make sure one team oh, has an advantage over another. I mean, there are ways yeah. to influence games and it has nothing to do with a script. But anyway, I digress into no, but you, we my can, we can, yes, conspiracy I, theory stuff. I like your, your theory there. Though. You got to come back on and we'll do the conspiracy theory episode. Oh, my God. All right. It'll be a so epic. The, the second stupidest video I watched was the Dallas Cowboys video. Now, they got the writer from Yellowstone on and they're right. interviewing thought... people to be on the show. And then Jerry Jones comes out, takes up the spotlight, says some stupid stuff, and they trade envelopes. Like, did did they pay the Cowboys to advertise? Right. Like, like Yellowstone. Is this, I don't. I've never seen this show. I don't know if it's still on. I don't know if whatever. It is. It's still on. Yeah. But did they pay the Cowboys? Are to you say, taking hey, over for Kevin Costner? By the way, I don't think they they renewed his uh, contract for the next season. So are you taking over for him? Me? Yeah. I'm not taking over for anybody. I. I've never even seen the show. I don't even know what it's about. But all I'm saying is, how do you dedicate 10 minutes of a video to a television show when it's supposed to be about a schedule release? Right. And at the very, the very, very end, they trade envelopes and they throw the schedule up. Like, what did I just do with my life? Well, it kind of goes back to the whole Dallas uh, soap opera. Remember the old Dallas show that would Dallas, you know, at night it come on at nine o'clock on Thursdays on CBS. Do a Dallas theme thing. 
Make make uh, Dak Prescott Jr. Like, right. let's, let's do it, man. But I just thought that was just like, what are we doing right here? And, of course, you know, my favorite was the uh, the New York Giants escape room. The other one I felt like I just wasted my life was like that, that Colts one where, like, they're eating Listening, through. Eating, like, 10 yeah. minutes of people eating food. I just, oh, I can't do it. Okay. All right, real quick here. That's some good um, stuff, man. If, if these people need to be listening to our podcast tonight, man, I, I'm is, telling you, this is classic stuff. I mean, this is I, this is stuff that people really care about. I can I mean, go back and watch this five years from now, and I'll, we'll be laughing. Yeah. All right, so let's take a quick pause to pay our bills. Hang on, guys. On the other side, on the other side of this, we'll come back to the Zadaria Smith trade. We've got some Ravens hate, and we got the Borg looking to assimilate more people. All right, hang on. And we're back, guys. Thanks for hanging on. The Browns over the weekend on Friday night, in case you weren't paying attention, the, you know, it's the whole weekend thing that nobody pays attention to, traded for Zadarius Smith. Now, I'm not going to stay on this long because I think everyone's kind of talked about this one to death. Um, and if you want to hear some of our thoughts on it, John and I were talking about this along with um steve i don't know what his twitter handle is and elliot uh the village he's elliot. a he's a c-town thug c-town thug thug <laughs> at c-town thug steve we uh kind of spoke this one over but uh i kind of done some look and i'm just going to kind of project ahead to the next podcast here um i've done some film study on uh the defensive end room and i got some interesting things to say about this but i'm going to hold mm-hmm. it off until next week on what the elf was that and we'll do a little deep dive into the defensive end room and why Zadarius Smith was a need and they desperately had that as a need okay. all right so moving on on to the Ravens hate this is by far my favorite segment of what the elf was that I just like the subtitle you got there if you're watching this on YouTube or wherever you're watching this I just love it I mean that's that's I mean come on Browns fan I mean, we, we just Ravens hate man we gotta hate them I hate I, every podcast I've done. I've done like 10 episodes of this so far. Everyone has a segment where I'm hating on the Ravens. So <clears throat> this week, for those of you who subscribe to the athletic, some guy named Austin mock came out with an NFL Super Bowl odds article. So I'm calling this the mockery of the NFL Super Bowl model. <laughs> so he comes out with this list of the odds for people to make the Super Bowl. Now, apparently this guy has some kind of projection, has some kind of algorithm he's come up with, you know, somebody in a computer doing numbers. I don't know if they know or understand football, but they, they know numbers and they put together this model. So as for his current methodology, um, before we get to the methodology, let me tell you the end. The Browns have the 22nd worst odds of making the Super Bowl. Or 22nd best odds. There are 22 on this list. And the Ravens are at number eight. And they're above teams. Like, legit teams. Like, they're above, like, well, they're above the Bills, I believe. The The Bills? They're above teams that you would never think. Like, you'd be above. They're above (laughs) the Eagles. What? Like, like team, what team, the team, elf? Like, like if you line these teams up, these yeah. teams beat the Ravens. Okay. Yeah. I personally think the Ravens are like a match short of a dumpster fire right now. 
They have a quarterback situation that they don't know what the heck they're doing with that. And they were ready to move on from him and bring in Baker Mayfield to be their quarterback. They were prepared. They've lost Calais Campbell, who was like the anchor of their defensive line. So I don't know what they're doing. Mm. I don't know what the strategy is, but Mm. they got to have one. I don't know what it is, but they got one. So here he comes out and says the model. This is a quote from his arc from Austin Mock's article on The Athletic. The model currently makes a projection, right? So uh-huh. here's this scientific model, but now the, the model, he is making a projection for every team, okay? So you have to project uh-huh. what they're going to be. Uh-huh. Then they simulate every single game and playoff game. Okay. And then he says, it's important that we are still months away from the regular, start of the regular season and projections are subject to change. <laughs> so you currently have a model based on projections Okay, I'm going to set this up based on projections that are subject to change once the season starts. Now, here's his description of why the Ravens are at number eight. Retaining Lamar Jackson and pairing him with former Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Monken, by the way, Todd Monken, formerly with the Browns. And when he was with the Browns, everybody thought he was crap. Right. But now that he's with the Ravens, he's like the savior of the Ravens organization. Well, this guy thinks so, at least. Right. Gives the Ravens a real shot at being a contender in the gauntlet that is the AFC. We don't know until the season starts. And here's the key. I would not be shocked if my model is low on the Ravens offense. So he's saying saying that he thinks his model undervalues the Ravens at number eight to make the Super Bowl. (laughs) I I can't make this stuff up. Where's this coming from? So I thought, okay. It's (laughs) Okay, I got, there's got to be a reason for this. So I start digging on The Athletic, and I find this article by this guy named Zerbiak. Okay. Now, apparently this guy is Zerbiak. I don't know his first name. Let me find it. I bet I could find it. I bet I could find it. He's a Ravens beat writer for The Athletic. Yes, okay. Uh, Jeff Zerbiak wrote an article on May 15th, which is after... The schedule release. I want to make sure we're aware of that because that's going to be. That would have been yesterday. Yes. After the schedule release is all you need to know about this. So he says, and I quote, he he wrote this article. Okay. It says there's no more excuses for the Ravens passing game following an offensive maker. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. So he says, Todd Monken hasn't yet had the opportunity to coach a number of the key players who will make up his offense. But that hasn't stopped Baltimore's new offensive coordinator from imagining the possibilities. There's Jackson dropping back, surveying the field that will include the combination of Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, Delvin DuVernay, Mark Andrews, and Isaiah Likely. Okay, so we got it out there, right? So... The Ravens offense is going to be great because they got Todd Monken and we can imagine the possibilities that'll happen. Am I setting this up for you? It's all sunny and roses. Okay. Then he comes back later, a couple paragraphs later. The optimism at this time of the year is refreshing, but let's not get carried away. At least not yet. We're not talking about an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver. Beckham didn't play at all last year 
and he recovered from a major knee injury. He's 30 and hasn't had more than 537 yards receiving in a single season since 2019. Bateman has flashed at number one (coughs) receiver ability, but he's essentially missed half of the team's games over the first two seasons. Imagine the possibilities. Aguilar, he continues, will have to rebound after back-to-back subpar seasons with the New England Patriots. Flowers, this is my favorite sentence in the whole article, Flowers is an exciting and dynamic playmaker, but he's still a 5'9", 182-pound rookie. I'm going to let that sit in for a second. You have a 5'9", 182-pound rookie described as, and I quote, exciting and dynamic playmaker in the NFL. He's a rookie. You could say that Corey Coleman was an exciting and dynamic playmaker <laughs> at 5'11", 210 going into his rookie year. And what did he it's, end up doing? It's just Dropping fictitious- the pass. This all sounds like a fictitious story. No, this is the legit article. I sent you this article. Oh, Go I to know. the Athletic. Go to the Athletic and read this thing. It is all right in front oh, of you. Oh, it's all a bunch of horse crap. I can't make this up. <laughs> and the thing about it, it's just, just so disturbing, Joel, to me, is that you and I are... We are hardworking. We write for Dog Pound Daily and other other blogs. And you and I both spend a lot of time researching and taking the time. And yet we, I read some of the worst crap on some of these other things like The Athletic, who's supposed to, you know, you have to pay a, a, a subscription. And uh, I mean, this. I just find this to be horse crap. This is, reads like a hype piece. Oh, like, it's terribly high. It's a high yeah. piece. All right, so let me finish this in. 182-pound rookie who will have to adjust to the speed and physicality of the NFL game, right? The exciting, dynamic playmaker. Let's get yes. excited. But he's 5'982 pounds, and he's going to have to adjust yeah. to the NFL. <laughs> Duvernay and Likely haven't yet established themselves as consistent offensive threats. But imagine the possibilities. Imagine. Todd Monkins, imagine Joel, the possibility. You're gonna have some. You're gonna have some good dreams tonight about the brownies. Uh, I want to. Sure. I want to hear what you're gonna imagine tonight. You can imagine. I, yeah, it's like SpongeBob. Your imagination. I have SpongeBob on right now. Actually, my son. There we you know, go. He's a big fan of SpongeBob. I love SpongeBob. I've been watching SpongeBob for. It, that sounds like what I'm. I'm listening to right here. So I'm. I'm trying to still rack my brain as to why the Ravens could be the number eight best team in the NFL. And then I start reading this paragraph. Now, this is the paragraph you have to remember was written after the schedule release. This is what he says. There are also figures to be a learning curve with Monken's new offense. However, there's plenty of time to go to school on that. And the idea is that the team should be peaking in the second half of the season anyway, and not necessarily in early September. Way way to give yourself an excuse for the... They don't have to peak in early September, but I'm going to point out four, three of their first five games against the AFC North on the road. They played the Bengals, Browns, and Steelers on the road in the first five weeks of the season. Mm. So now he's telling me they don't have to be really good until the end of the season. All right. So, and it concludes with this. So this leaves the Ravens with no excuses, absolutely no reason 
why they can't have a dynamic and balanced offense. So you come out here, you give me how great the wide receiver room is, then you take it all back, then say, but they're going to have to adjust to the situation, and there's no reason why they can't be good. This guy's a manic, man. He's manic. He's like on a high. It's like a roller coaster with re- listening to you talk about this article. But you Crazy. read the article. You I'm think exhausted. Like, this is all like, this is great. This is awesome. This is fantastic. You know, we got Todd Monkin. Deep dive, a deep dive, like, you know, and then it dives on the other side. It's crazy. Like, it just, I can't even understand. Even when you're trying to hype the Ravens, the reality of their situation still creeps into what you're hyping. Like, right. oh, the Ravens are great, but oh, yeah, the wide receiver one's crap. The wide receiver two crap. The wide receiver three is a rookie. I mean, you know, got a couple it, other guys who are like, they haven't proven they can do anything yet. And you got a couple other guys who have yet to establish himself in the NFL. And they're going to be fantastic. They got no excuse. Okay. <laughs> I'm ex- uh, Joel. You're you're spot on, man. I I I mean, what this guy is talking about is just fl- it's complete fluff. I mean, you and I could have written that in in a, twenty minutes. I think and- if I wrote that, it would get sent back to me saying. Oh, I know it would. There's no evidence, and you can't write this because I know you and you've I made both no know case. This. You've made you are, no case. Yes, and we know this because you know we get edited, and we we talk to our. I I don't know what's there except I, it just tells me that Baltimore and their writers and the athletic whoever's there. I'm just going to hate on them right now because they're obviously awful. <laughs> that they you can put this crap out here on the athletic, which is supposed to be this great place I, to read look, stuff i I'm subscribe like, that's that's terrible i'm sorry that's just fluff well i still that's- haven't figured out why austin mock at this point can say and i quote i wouldn't be shocked if my model is low on the ravens offense i mean how much lower can you get no how I- low how low do you have to be for it to say that i'm not too low on the offense i mean if they lose lamar jackson i mean they don't have like every year it's been Lamar Jackson. It's Lamar Jackson's team. If they don't have, they don't have an identity without Lamar. Right. I don't know. Where do they go? I mean, they used to hang their hat on their defense, you know, Ray Lewis and all those guys, like you were talking about, uh, was it Campbell? You said, yeah, you let Kalias Campbell leave. Yeah. Um, so they're relying on Lamar and I mean, Oh, that's just that just makes me I mean, sick listening to that crap. There's some good there's some good players on their defense, okay? But it is yeah. not it is not what the Ravens defense used to be. No. And the offense, I'm telling you, thirty two NFL teams watched Lamar Jackson run a pro style offense at Louisville. Yeah. Almost all of them wanted him to be a wide receiver. And mm-hmm. now you're gonna tell me he's gonna figure it out with Todd Mockin. And they're just going to run an air raid offense, which has yeah. not worked in the NFL. It has not worked in the NFL. Go ask the Cardinals if this crap works. They brought in the right. air raid guy. They brought in the air raid quarterback in college to run mm. their air raid system, and it still was garbage. So I don't know what they think they're going to do. Uh, now watch him go out and win the Super Bowl, and I look like a, a damn fool. But <laughs> they come know. back to this. This this will be a fantastic take. We need to. Yeah, this will be. Bad takes revealed. Well, May, May 16th, 2023. Let's go back to what the elf was that? And listen to Joel. Cold takes revealed. Yeah. And here, so. here we are. Oh, That's, goodness. I, I have tremendous. too much fun. Too much fun. Then. 
All right, so let's move on to our next segment. The Borg. They are back. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. That's right. The Borg is back. And so in case you're listening for the first time, you will know that I call the NFL ownership the Borg because they act as a collective in service of the collective. And if you ever wonder what that looks like, just look at how they effectively colluded against Lamar Jackson's contract and his contract status, and nobody said a thing. I said a thing, but nobody else said a thing. Like, nobody in in the national media said a thing about Lamar Jackson being colluded against. So they're back. The Washington Commanders sale... They have been sold to the Josh Harris group. I went on a rant about this a couple episodes back. Josh Harris, of course, was the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers when they went through the process where they basically lost every game conceivable in the NBA until they got the uh, transcendent talent and they ended up getting one in Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, I don't know how he says that name. Yes, yeah. And now the Sixers are good. Yeah, but... but but they just fired their coach, by the way. Did you see that? Oh. Doc, Doc, Doc Rivers got fired today. Let me tell you something. I am an NFL purist. I don't pay attention to basketball. <laughs> I don't pay attention to baseball. It's To me, That's this, this is my you. life. This is my this life. This is what it's I talk NFL. about, though. When we, when we talk about our network, our Fanatical Elves network, I always mention, Joel, that you are like all things football. Like if you want, if you want to follow along, not only get hot takes and crazy takes from the likes of myself and, and, and Elliot, um, you're there to bring us back to, you know, the X's and O's. And and mm-hmm. if if you're a fan of football and you've played the game of football, you're just a great. You have such a great take at that. So, well, I that's appreciate why it. I, yeah, listen, listen to my podcast. Of course, right now you are listening to the podcast. Listen to John's podcast. That'd so, be great. as I mentioned before, you know the commander sale to Josh Harris. One of the people involved in the sale in that Josh Harris group is, is Magic Johnson. Mm. Now this is where the story gets interesting because Magic Johnson was also being courted by Mark Davis to buy into the Raiders. So now that Magic Johnson is a part of the group that's buying the commanders, Mark Davis, who's looking for another partner, who's looking for money. Basically he's just looking for money. That's what Mm -hmm. the board does. They want the money, right? Show me the money. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to go find a new person to invest in the Raiders. And that person apparently is Tom Brady. <sighs> so apparently it is reported that Mark Davis is looking to add Tom Brady to the ownership group. Now, apparently Tom Brady owns another franchise or a part yes. of some kind of a franchise yes. out there in Las women's, Vegas. Women's basketball, the aces okay. of uh, the WNBA. Yep. Are they owned by Mark Davis? Um, their own, yes, somehow they are. And, uh, so that was part of the reason why this is the next step. Apparently Brady's not going to have any ownership as far as personnel and like any, he just in there for, like you said, for the money. He's to be a limited partner. Yes. Right. He's just going to like buy in and they're just going to use his money basically. Right. Right. Crazy. So apparently Tom Brady and the question over the ethical question over can he be an announcer and still yeah. be an NFL owner? Now, people apparently are NFL announcers and owners at the same time. Like right. nobody and has I, a problem with this. No, they don't. Interesting, isn't that? 
So Tom Brady signed this ten million, like three hundred and fifty or ten year, three hundred fifty yep. million dollar contract. Yep. He's just gonna take that ten year, three hundred fifty million dollar contract and just shift it right into owning the Raiders. So yep. now we have Fox or whoever's hiring Tom Brady is now basically funding him to own the Raiders. Yes, absolutely. And yet we're gonna uh, it's just crazy. I don't even want you know, there's so many issues here. So many. <laughs> I don't even know where to the Borg are going to assimilate Tom Brady. They're going to make him their new mouthpiece. So at some point. <laughs> they are. You know, he, you know, you think about it. I mean, somebody like Tom Brady or like even Peyton Manning. I mean, like you think about all the, um, I mean, Brady's been associated with Trump and some of these other people and politically. And you just really wonder, um, you know, the next steps. You know, obviously he's buying into these other teams now. I mean, that could be legitimately where some of this goes. It's kind of crazy, but, you know, you think about it. Um, you know, Donald Trump was a part of that whole, was it the USFL? They created that whole USFL, and then it went yeah, under, and then they sued. Right. And the whole point of the lawsuit just, was to force the NFL to assimilate some of their teams. as a part. That's what they were trying to win, was mm. the NFL to take on a couple of their teams. Because Donald Trump badly wanted to own an NFL football team. Yes, so he did. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is the the end. Tom Brady would be like, "Hey, I got this friend. His name's Donald. He could probably be a pretty good owner. Unless he's not, then he's a terrible owner, and then we don't have to get rid of him." <laughs> I just want Peyton Manning to keep doing those Subway commercials. I like the Subway. Did you see the latest Subway commercial? I have he not. It, he does it with Charles Barkley. I just think Peyton Manning's a good guy. You know, there's a guy. Is he? Isn't he from Indiana? No, they're from Tennessee. Who Peyton Manning? Yeah, he played for Indiana, the Colts, but he. Well, he, he uh, yeah, he from was Tennessee from or New Orleans or New Orleans, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. He went to Tennessee because the the Manning favorite quarterback coach guy was coaching ah. at Tennessee. Then that guy was coaching at Ole Miss, and you know, I don't know. He may even got hired at Ole Miss because Eli yeah. went to Ole Miss. I don't know. The right. first uh, one of those Mannings to go to college and not be coached by. Whoever this is that does the quarterbacks, the same guy who coached Daniel Jones and Duke. Um, oh, you know the first one is uh, this this kid that's going to Texas. Oh, was that oh, Arch? The... Arch is going to Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to yeah. have their favorite quarterback coach there coaching him up. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if we don't see this guy. I, don't, I can't think of his name. Wouldn't be surprised if we don't see this guy end up on the Texas coaching staff after all. Mm, mm. Maybe that's probably part of the whole like deal. You want Arch? You're going to have to bring this guy in. <laughs> I had an interesting conversation. Not that you know, we're talking about the, the man, the Mannings, but um, you know, they he played at Tennessee, right? Peyton graduated from mm-hmm. Tennessee. The, I did a podcast with the the Shake uh, Shakes Montana last night. Uh, he covers the New York Giants, and um, they were we were talking about the Browns' first draft pick. Now, I'm not trying to change subjects here, but he uh, we took the, um, Cedric Tillman. Mm-hmm. And they took Hyatt on that pick before, which I had forgotten. And that kid was the one that the Browns had kind of looked at as well. He was disgusted at least um, mm-hmm. that the Browns might've taken him. So, but, but this kid, this guy that I did the podcast with, he was talking about the Browns new Cedric Tillman. And he was saying like when he was watching film on Tillman, that when people would talk about Hyatt, they'd always mention Tillman, that Tillman was actually like the better of the two. And so the New York guy was saying how the Browns really probably got the better of the two wide receivers, which would be really good for us. It's Browns. I, I hope so. Yeah. This is where I put in my normal SEC uh, condition clause. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so you ready for this? Yes. 
Alabama cannot beat the worst NFL team in the league. Okay. No, they cannot. Yeah. The SEC is not that good. It's not professional football. Just because you're good in the SEC does not mean you'll be good in the NFL. And an SEC team cannot beat the 0-16 Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Browns. Yeah. Alabama at their best could not beat the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. Just want to make sure everybody who lives in SEC country understands that. I think sometimes that gets a little confusing. I understand. But, you know. SEC football is not like God's gift to well, the world. Well, you know this. I mean, you've I played mean, in the trenches. You've played college ball. You know what you're talking about here. You know, a lot of us fans, we just kind of come at it like, oh, wow, you know, they're on CBS on Saturday afternoon and they're playing LSU. My God, these teams are just amazing. They could probably beat the Browns. I could, they, could, they could beat the lowly, you know, this team or that team. So like, No, they can't. Even when the Browns were 0-16, wasn't that the year that Deshaun Kaiser – was out yes. there. Okay. Yes. Deshaun Kaiser was the th- fourth ranked quarterback in that draft. He was way better in college than whoever Alabama was throwing out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, then that's on an 0 16 football team. And the oh, garbage yeah. quarterback they had was still better as a quarterback than whoever Alabama was totting out there at the time. So, uh, I mean, people just need to understand the NFL is like light years ahead of college football. You should you should cover a um, segment on that in one of your upcoming episodes, maybe rocket science, uh, the the uh, football philosophy and rocket science with with your buddy Elliot. By the way, yeah. he'll Elliot, come out with some the stats. Mo- Elliot, the smartest. What is it? How did we describe the most Elliot interesting the man in the world? The the Dosaki 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 commercials. Dosaki commercials. Yes, the guy with the beard. Stay thirsty, my friends. You know, those like the, the most, the world's most interesting man. That is Elliot. Elliot is well, the world's I, most interesting I, man. I, yes. He, his discussion the other day when he uh, messaged you and me about the YouTube, our YouTube channel for the Fanatical Elves Network, we're still trying to get that off and running. So I'm learning things about YouTube that I didn't know. So <laughs> I'll hit Thanks. you off air with some resources. Okay. But. Speaking of hitting me off air, I think that wraps up our show for the day. Any last thoughts, John? You know, you're doing a, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you for having me on your uh, programming. Uh, Joel, you're, you are off and running and helping our, our um, Fanatical Elves Network and part of Fans First Sports Network. And uh, Joel does just some amazing things. He's a great writer as well for Dog Pound Daily. So I just enjoy being part of your podcast. Well, Thank thanks you. for being on. And we'll have to get you back on to discuss whatever it is you were going to discuss with me. I forget. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But I forgot after 20 minutes. That's that's how bad I am. But all right. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, next week we'll have some more iconoclastic looks at things. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 